And I don't know, it's like putting it We've got Bruce Willis. Nibby Kaye. Shut up. We've got Samuel L. Jackson. Snakes on a plane. Shut up. We've got M. Night Shemalama. Shemalama ding dong. We've got Unbreakable right here on the Late Night Fright. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my very super secret superhero co-host Faith. Say hi Faith. Hi Faith. Faith, we have a really good one tonight. This was your pick Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to lie, this is one of my favorite movies ever Ever? made. (laughs) Yes, would you please uh, introduce it? We are talking about Unbreakable from 2000 tonight. Yes, we have Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and this was written and directed by a very talented director named M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. That's right. Shyamalan. Shyamalama Ding Dong is a lot better. <laughs> I'm still I'm still not 100% sure how to pronounce his name and uh, have, we ever, have we ever actually like watched a video of, of him like saying what I his think name I think it was like Shyamalan I think is the closest oh well I like Shyamalan Ding Dong Shyamalan Ding Dong we mean no offense either no no no, no, no. I, we just think it's funny and I think he would laugh at that too I think so, so the movie we have tonight it's it's really good as I said and we're going to get into it but uh this really is a movie about a normal guy discovering that he has superpowers mm-hmm. right and you hear stories about that, though, don't you? You hear mm-hmm. stories about people finding superhuman strength. We have a story to open up the show about a man who found superhuman strength. I, I want to hear this. Faith, you want to hear this, I don't do you? I do want to hear it. I think the <laughs> listeners want to hear this. And not only do they want to hear it, Faith, I think they need to hear it. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here it goes. So we're doing this job on 60th and 3rd. Big friggin' ball breaker of a job, right? And we got the area roped off, you know, so that some schmuck don't walk through there and take a wrecking ball between the eyes. All of a sudden, this woman, you know, with the big dark glasses, the Bloomingdale bags, she starts walking right through the ropes. I yelled down at her, hey, you can't go there, you stupid bitch. And suddenly, this big steam fitting bursts and this enormous goddamn crane crashes right down on her legs. And she's screaming, my legs, my legs. And I say, no shit, your legs. You got a 2,000-pound goddamn crane on <laughs> Now, do you know how in an emergency you could get, like, superhuman strength? Huh? I reach down, and I lift this crane. And Ernesto's able to slide her out from under. And the doctors were able to save her legs. So the moral is... Don't walk where you're not supposed to walk because there may not be somebody with superhuman strength to save your little ass. (laughs) And don't do drugs. That's it. Don't do drugs, Faith. Oh, man. That is Robert Costanzo from the movie City Slickers. <laughs> is one of my favorite diatribes in all of moviedom. It's very funny, isn't it? Oh, it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes people just have superhuman strength, right? I, like, yeah. like we're going to find in tonight's movie. Uh, we have a fun show. I say this at the beginning of every recent show. I've been saying it. Uh, I hope we are not cashing writing a check that our show can't cash. (laughs) Um, We've been doing top five list in honor of the star of tonight's film. We are going to be doing top five favorite Bruce Willis movies. And let me tell you something. That was a chore. (laughs) That was, was, uh, we seem to be saying this quite a lot recently. Not as easy as you would think. I know. Not as easy as you would think. When we come with these lists, it's like, oh, this will be so easy. No, when you really dive into it, you're like, wait a minute. I can't put this here because this needs to go here. It's amazing the internal uh, dialogue that goes on, right? You know, and we're going to get to it because one of uh, Bruce's 
best films is not on the list simply because it's an ensemble piece and he's not the star right. of it. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have some fun. And really with the list, we hope that it gets you all talking out there and you can this is as good a time as any you can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com if you would like to send us your own personal top five favorite bruce willis movie list if you would like to uh, add to any of the uh, previous lists that we've done on the show including uh what do we do top five freddy kills top five freddy one-liners mm-hmm. we've we've done some fun things oh yeah yeah. We've done some uh, TV themes. Top 10 TV themes. So any of those, if you'd like to send those to us, and we will read them on the air. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to send us a hello and a greeting, we would uh, love to play that on the show. And really, we would just love to hear from you. It would be great right. to hear from you. And uh, hello and welcome to all of our listeners from all around the world. So, well, at this point in last week's show, uh, we did Killer Clowns from Outer Space last week. We uh, highlighted actor John Saxon, who recently passed away, and we did a little small tribute to him. And he was one of our favorites here on the yes. show. And uh, funny enough, he just had a birthday. It was about a week after he he died. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh. His birthday uh, came right after he passed away. Oh man. So we lost someone else that we really liked mm-hmm. on the show, and someone we talked about at length in one of our episodes. Uh, Wilford Brimley passed away. We talked about him in our episode on the Thing. Uh, you may remember him uh, for his wonderful walrus look. Uh, he was the Quaker Oats man for years, and he's also very well known for diabetes. Diabetes, He's yes. the diabetes man. Um, Faith, we talked about him in the episode uh, on The Thing. Uh, you liked him in that movie, mm-hmm. and you liked him in general. I same, feel the same way about him. What was it about Wilford Brimley that was just... So he, cool. He, he was he, cool. He, that's it. He was cool. He just seemed like his own self. He didn't seem like he cared. You know, it's like <laughs> he was older when he got into acting, and he was he was a legit cowboy mm-hmm. uh, from Wyoming, I believe. And that's so cool. <laughs> he didn't come into this industry with, you know, <laughs> you know, he was grounded. Is I think is what I'm trying to right. get at. And uh, I have an exchange here from 2011. This is the November 23rd. Uh, episode of the Craig Ferguson show. You remember Craig Ferguson? I do. I miss him. I do too. I miss him in the late night landscape because uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. I don't feel that the late night television landscape is serving us well uh, getting up and doing pontificating on politics. That's not what I want to hear. I really don't care how they feel about it. I want to hear from uh, pampered movie stars about about the (laughs) things that they have coming out. That's just me. Craig Ferguson, uh, he was the last of that old guard for me, and there he had Wilford Brimley on the show just because, mm-hmm. because he thought he had seen him, he and his wife thought they had seen him out and about. This, to me, it, it's about a minute long, is very funny, and I think this really encapsulates who Wilford Brimley was, <laughs> this little exchange. So here you go, from the November 23rd, 2011 Craig Ferguson show, Wilford Brimley. Now, here's the thing. I'll tell you why, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you on the show, uh, apart from the body. I'm curious. Well, here's the thing. My wife and I were in the supermarket uh, a little while ago, and we were near the produce section. And my wife said, that's Wilford Brimley over there. I said, no, 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 it can't be. Uh, So she took a photograph on her phone, and uh, we had it checked out, and it doesn't seem to have been you. (laughs) Where was the market? Uh, It was in in, uh, Hollywood. Was not me. So you don't you don't enjoy produce then? Oh, I like produce, but I don't like Hollywood. Yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> there it is. I like produce, but I don't like Hollywood. I think that really captures but... <laughs> captures who he who he was. That's amazing. I saw that the night it came on and was about to fall out of my bed. I was laughing so hard. That whole exchange is available on YouTube. And I really recommend it. It's just really funny. And Wilford Brimley doesn't know why he's there, but he's enjoying himself. And Craig Ferguson is, I wouldn't say he's poking fun at him, but you can tell he's having a blast just having him there. I love it. And uh, rest in peace and Godspeed, Wilford Brimley. You know, I hope this isn't a new trend because I feel like this is the second week in a row I go home. Yeah. And either that night after recording or the next morning I wake up and I see somebody that we like you know from a movie has passed so i'm hoping this isn't to be fair i saw this one so so this wasn't you this one's all on me no no no. i'm saying i saw it too when i woke up the next morning so it's like this is the second week in a row that i wake up there's a lesson don't don't read the news (laughs) 
I'll read the news. Well, this movie came out November 22nd, 2000. Here's another new bit that we've been doing. Faith, I think it's time, isn't it? It is. Is it time to get into a certain machine? It is. What time is it, Faith? It's time for the Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. Here we go. Faith, did you keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle? No. I think I stepped out a little bit there. (laughs) You got to be careful with that, Faith. All right. November 22nd, 2000. The president of the United States was Bill Clinton. The president-elect was George W. Bush. There was some kerfuffle about that election. Hmm. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun, yeah. Um, I'm hoping we don't have any kerfuffle this year. Hmm. There you go. The Prime Minister of the United Kingdom was Tony Blair, a.k.a. Tony Baloney. The Pope of the Catholic Church was John Paul II. Faith, what was the number one film? It was Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's right. A movie that disappointed me when I saw it. I don't hate it. I love the cartoon, though. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of hard to beat. (laughs) Jim Carrey is no Boris Karloff. <laughs> no. Faith, what was the number one television series? <laughs> who Wants to Be a Millionaire? With Regis Philbin, who, who also just also recently passed dead. away. Did you like Regis? I really liked I Regis. I did. I did like Regis. The number one song in the United States of America was Independent Women by Destiny's Child. So mm. all you women independent, throw your hands up at me. <laughs> Not a huge fan. No, me neither. Not a huge fan. <laughs> In the United Kingdom, the number one song was Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. What a year. This, this, yeah, this week. What a, um, yeah, what a time. What a. <laughs> we've got election kerfuffle. We've got Dr. Seuss being just maimed. Regis is dead, and we got Destiny's Child and the Baja Men. It's like when the Baja Men are the best thing going right? on in the week. That's what I was thinking. You know, you know you got a problem. But a really good movie came out that day, and uh, we are going to talk about that movie in just a minute. Faith, tonight we have Bruce Willis's bald head. We got Samuel Jackson's hair. We got Shamalama Ding Dong. What's the movie, Faith? <laughs> Unbreakable. Could Randy Newman have written a theme song for it? We're going to find out right after the break. Cue the music. What time is it, Faith? It's time for the Late Night Fright. We'll see you on the other side. Listen to them. Children of the night, what music they make. Unbreakable is not the only M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong movie that we've covered on the show, is it? That's right. We've done The Sixth Sense. That's right. And that's also not the only Bruce Willis movie we've done. No, we did Die Hard, maybe one of his greatest films ever, right? Maybe so. The greatest action movie ever made. But we've also done thrillers, haven't we, We Faith? have. What thrillers have we covered? We've done Rear Window, we've done Blowout, and we've also done Play Misty for me. You know, we've talked about the greatest thriller of all time, haven't we, Faith? What's that? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> All of our episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. We will see you on the other side.
Tonight on Cozy Corner TV at 7 o'clock, the Andy Griffith Show. While Andy's in Mount Pilot, Opie pops a boner, and it's up to Barney Fife to explain the birds and bees to him. At 7.30 on Happy Days, Fonzie tries to score with a lesbian, and at 8 o'clock on Star Trek, Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy gets brought up on charges by the Enterprise HR Department when he calls Spock a green-blooded bitch. Only on Cozy Corner TV. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we have coffee, don't we, Faith? We do. Feeling good. Feeling pretty good. Feeling good. Feeling a little more peppy. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> more peppy than I was in the beginning. What movie have we got? Reintroduce it, please, because this is, uh, we've said this about a few films on this show. This is one of the best films we're going to talk about on this show mm-hmm. ever. We are talking about Unbreakable from 2000. From Shamalama Ding Dong Man. Shamalama Ding Dong. He puts the ooh mau mau <laughs> back into my smile, child. That's it. If you have not seen the 1978 film Animal House, you need to get out <laughs> and come back after you've watched it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> One of the greatest films ever made. That is where that song comes from. Faith and I hail from an area of the country way down south. There's a music style down here called Swamp Pop. And for some reason, the Shamalama Ding Dong song has really caught on with the Swamp Poppers. And yes, it has. If you go hear any Swamp Pop, you're going to hear some Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> so <laughs> I've played that song a few times in my illustrious music career. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, back into my smile. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of music, we have a new thing we do here. Uh, this is our second week doing this. It might be a keeper. Randy Newman has written songs for everything, right? Pretty much, I mean, All those yeah. Pixar movies, those Disney movies, anything, you know, <laughs> done scores for films. It, it doesn't seem like there's anything that has come into his uh, path that he cannot conquer musically, you know? Mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc., you know? Yeah, we, got a, we got a movie about, you know, monsters. I'm going to write a song about the monsters, Yeah. Could he have written a song about Unbreakable? Could he have written the theme song for Unbreakable, Faith? I don't know. Could he? Luckily. We have a machine that is capable of snatching from the ether <laughs> what Randy Newman's theme song for Unbreakable would sound like. This Do you want to hear it? Yeah, this sounds like a cool machine, though. We have it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's right next to the Wayback Machine, Fed. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. All right, here it is. Randy Newman's theme song for Unbreakable. Here you go. Bruce Willis can't be broke. Sam Jackson's hair, it ain't no joke. Shamalama Ding Dong made the movie Unbreakable's the name of this movie Indeed, thank you Randy Newman Unbreakable is indeed the name of the movie (laughs) Faith, this was your pick This was an excellent pick Mm -hmm. Let's get right into it What do you think of Unbreakable? Well, I mean, why do you think I picked it? (laughs) Because it's one of the top three greatest movies ever made i mean it really is this movie is just so good and i feel like it gets better with every watch you're relatively new to the unbreakable experience Mm -hmm. aren't you and we got well you got hip to unbreakable during the split we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second because it spawned a cinematic universe Mm -hmm. um this is one of the finest movies that we're ever going to talk about on this show. I don't think we're going to do it justice. Uh, we've talked about his other great work, The Sixth Sense, on this show. That was one of my favorite shows that we've done, one of my favorite movies that we've Mine talked too. about. I think Unbreakable's the better movie. I think it's a better performance from Bruce Willis. And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. We're doing the top five Bruce Willis movies tonight. This, I think, is the greatest performance he's ever given on screen. And... Everything that you like about him as an actor is here. You might not realize it. This is to me where Bruce Willis really gets into channeling stillness. And he is one of the few guys that I've seen on screen that can do so much with so little, just being very still Mm -hmm. and giving you not a lot, but he's giving you everything. And and this is for me where it started. Mm -hmm. And 
the whole movie really falls on his performance. Oh, yeah. So uh, what do you th- so the story here, let's get into the basic kind of nuts and bolts of the story. This is a comic book film. Yep. And I want to take you back to, to the personal Wayback Machine. When this came mm-hmm. out, because this came out the year after The Sixth Sense, this movie was met with some questions because I had so many people come up to me and say, what the hell was that? You know, what was that? Everybody was, it had two things going against it. A, it's following The Sixth Sense, which is one of the great kind of uh, uh, whoa right. moments. <laughs> and if you want to hear about that, I talked about what that was like in 99 to see that on that show. And uh, that's available in our back catalog. And as I said, that's one of my favorite shows that we've done. Yeah, and uh, so I talk about what that was like. And it was a lot of fun. This, so it's coming. So you're expecting like that aha <laughs> moment. <laughs> Did that kind of sound like Goldblum a little a bit? A little bit. Uh huh, and uh, <laughs> so you're expecting that, which you didn't really get. Uh, it was marketed poorly too. That's that's part of the problem with this. But uh, the other thing is, this is a comic book film. It's early. It came out before the big comic book boom. Right. Now we had Batman and all that. X Men had come out in the summer, but the Marvel thing hadn't really started happening yet. If this came out later after the comic book boom, this wins Best Picture at the Oscars because they're going to say, oh, it's a dissection of the comic book film and all this. No, he did it <laughs> 20 years ago. before, So it was early. Right. And this movie, I think, has gotten better with repeat viewings. Oh, yeah. I and time, so. I think, is being very nice to it. And it looks timeless. That's it the really thing about does. it. So this movie concerns David Dunn, played by Bruce Willis, who basically discovers he is a superhero. He... Uh, comes to terms with his superpowers that he has been hiding uh, from himself, too, I would say. He meets uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Elijah Price, a.k.a. Mr. Glass. The kids call him Mr. Glass, Faith. And so together they learn the secret of David Dunn and Elijah Price. <laughs> and the movie uh, the movie is set up with a, uh, with a train accident. There is uh, one survivor, no injuries, and... That's how we get this thing rolling. This is a fantastic piece of work. I'm going to say that a lot tonight. That's the nuts and bolts of this story. It's like the first act of a three act. You feel like it should be a a trilogy. And it is a trilogy. Although I have (laughs) stayed away from Glass. uh, And as much as I liked Split, I just stayed away from Glass. Because I think Unbreakable is so (laughs) beautifully perfect. It's a perfect pearl of a movie. So let's get into it. What did you think of it? What's... uh, What is just... Thought you had I one just there. love the whole concept of this movie. It feels so different, and I like that it is a comic book movie, but it's not action-packed and full of, you know, stuff you would see in a normal comic book movie. It's about finding purpose in your life, and, you know, just... Yeah. It's, it's so much deeper, I feel like. I mean, it, I, I know some of those movies can get a little, you know, yeah. deep and personal, but this just feels like... Yeah. So, so, deep. <laughs> so what he's doing here, one thing that he's doing that, that I really like is he even says that comic books are a distillation of these old stories. And we've talked about the old stories before on this show, the mythology, mm-hmm. the Joseph Campbell nature of things. And comic books you know, are still telling that story. So here you have one of those stories. But for all intents and purposes, Bruce Willis is playing Superman. Mm-hmm. He's Superman in this movie. What I love about the casting of Bruce Willis is, and Quentin Tarantino said... This movie is uh, the best movie that has come out since he started directing movies. He called this a masterpiece. Quentin did. So that should (laughs) Should tell you something. something. And he said it was poorly marketed because it should have been marketed as Superman's a normal guy. What happens? That's not how it was marketed. So that's that's really what this is. Superman is a normal guy. You cast Bruce Willis, who could not be any more unlike Superman. (laughs) He's kind of. What was hitting me when I was watching this movie for the show, he's kind of paunchy in this. He's not a, a skinny mini. He's right. he's not overweight or pudgy, but he's he's schlubby in mm-hmm. this movie. He's bald. <laughs> you know, he carries himself very just like the world is beating down. So unlike Superman. Yeah. You know, yeah. A, as far away from it as you can get. But uh, very real world. The thing that was striking me is how quiet this movie is. Very true. You don't even see the train accident. I know. Like, I know. <laughs> there, there, there's hardly any action in this movie, but everything's happening in this I movie. Know. So you hit the nail on the head. I want to talk about that. Uh, we talked about it with The Sixth Sense. 
what made the sixth sense so beautiful and why I think this is a companion piece to the sixth sense and maybe even better. The sixth sense, yes, is a ghost story, but it doesn't hinge on being a ghost story. Remember, we said it was a movie about communication, right. which is mm-hmm. you need to talk to the people around you. This movie, you hit the nail on the head. It's purpose. And yeah. he even, they even say it at the end of this movie. Exactly. Uh, Sam Jackson says, now I know my purpose mm-hmm. in this. That really got to me because this is a story about a guy who is not doing what he should be doing. Mm-mm. And they keep making the point about these are the choices you made. And here he is and he wakes up every day with this sadness. I have felt that in my own life. Mm-hmm. I know you have yes. too. What I think is so striking about this is that everyone has felt that in their own life, that you're not living your purpose. Exactly. And I love the through line of Willis, of David Dunn, and that great alliterated comic book named David Dunn, uh, finding his purpose and accepting who he is. Exactly. And living that purpose, I think, is beautiful. Uh, Knight's movies have this wonderful spiritual bent to them, I think, that you just you can't <laughs> overlook, you know. Right. Yeah. What uh, What were your thoughts on that whole purpose aspect of it? How was How was that hitting you? I mean, it, it makes it seem, like you said, you connect with it more. It's more of a real world thing than just some superheroes kind of fighting off aliens or something. You know, some yeah something that's not maybe happening. But I mean, finding purpose, I think that's something everybody can relate to and deal with. Totally. And it's just, I love the way that it plays out. How this I, is happening. Yeah, and I love the way uh, the guy playing it plays it. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. He's so... He's so good. He's so under... Just It's it's just hanging out under yeah. the surface. Everything. And I feel like you kind of hit it too because it's not like this guy that you would expect to be, you know, Superman or something. I f- he feels real. Like that's yeah. a real person dealing with this. And- Superman doesn't have problems with his wife. He doesn't have right. marital problems. He doesn't have problems with his son i mean the line that kept that got me and gets me every time i watch it is when robin wright uh pin playing audrey in the movie his his wife who he's they're not separate they're living in the, it's weird they're kind living of, in the same house yeah. but they're separated and she says do you knowingly keep me and joseph at at arm's length and he says mm-hmm. yes because of all this who he what he is and the stuff inside of him right. it's beautifully done i know and he plays it so well um one of the things that I like about this movie, the comic book nature of it, is the way it's filmed. It feels like panels. It does. It, um, were you noticing the way that uh, the screen was kind of divided into threes a mm-hmm. lot? I did. Because if you're reading a comic book, you might have three panels mm-hmm. going on. And uh, the way point of view can be upside down or, or, right. or, or uh, you know, and then switch and turn. And it feels like a comic book. Like, it does. He really nailed this. I mean, he was early on it. That's the thing. Mm. He was just a little too early. Yeah, it's and such what, a shame that it was. I mean, because I feel like it's kind of underrated in, in a way. I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's found its audience, I think, and yeah. it's uh, it's aged very well. Mm-hmm. And I think people are still discovering it, which I'm very happy mm-hmm. with. Uh, one of the things I like about the screenplay, though, the comic book nature of it, that they are commenting on the film being, uh, they talk about, oh, the comic book stories got big, you know, and uh, you know, there's a piece of art from the guys collection that they have, and you notice the characters are realistic here. They're exaggerated in the books and it's like a commentary on what this movie is uh-huh. <laughs> there. This is real life. You know, the comic books are exaggerated and he does that throughout the picture with, he tells you from the beginning, it's a comic, it's a comic book film. Movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then you got that and then you've got, uh, his, uh, Samuel Jackson as Elijah, his mother, has the line about the villain's eyes are bigger, you know, so because they see the world oh. skewed. And Sam Jackson says, and notice the villain's head is disproportionate, uh, you know, uh, slightly larger than the hero's, you know, uh, kind of, I forget what the line after that is, but tying into the fact that they're different and uh, which then ties into Sam Jackson because that's, I want to I segue into his performance. His head is a little bigger because of this hair. He's wearing <laughs> this, this kind of Frederick Douglass, look but it's tying it, it's there for a reason because mm-hmm. his head is bigger than bruce willis's his eyes are bigger than bruce willis's he's the villain of this piece even though that's the big reveal we don't know it nope. you know <laughs> if, if you go in uh watching it uh sam jackson we've talked about the avengers movies but i don't know that we've ever really mentioned him on this show 
which is amazing because he's the hardest working man in show or was the hardest was. working man in show business <laughs> until Nicolas Cage took his title. Uh, Quentin Tarantino has described him as an actor with a capital A. He's a working actor. He's an Academy Award nominee. He's been in some of the greatest films of the past 30 35 years he's been in some stinkers too uh he's he's been in every movie under the sun uh wonderful guy from what i can tell uh you know what do you think of sam jackson you know because i can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about him i have always loved him he just seems like i don't know he just seems great in real life but everything that that i love him in i just i've always i just always loved him he it's has hard a, not to be a fan. he has a musicality to him he that does. I really really like and uh, uh, a swagger. I to was him. just about to say a swagger. He's... A swagger, and he can do that kind of big thing mm-hmm. uh, where he brings down the fiery uh, brimstone <laughs> of heaven, or he can be very quiet too, yeah. as you see in this movie. He and Willis have been in a few movies together, mm-hmm. and I think they're a wonderful team. Yeah, they and are. I think. Uh, I think they complement each other very well here. Mm-hmm. And this movie was written for these two guys. Mm-hmm. So, And I, before we get into it, I want to make this point. There's not a lot of people in this movie. No, there's, there's not. There's Sam Jackson. There's Bruce Willis. There's Spencer Treat Clark um, as uh, uh, David's son. Mm-hmm. And there's Robin Wright Penn. Now, there are, of course, other people around. But that's it. As far as like your kind of main characters go. Joseph. I'm sorry. That's Joseph. his son's mm-hmm. name. Yeah. I want to talk about him in a minute, too. I think he's really, really good. I do, too. In this. Uh, Sam Jackson as Elijah Price. What did you think of him? I think he's incredible. I feel like you can really feel his anger and pain that he's been holding on to for so long. And it just comes out. And you feel you feel bad for him. You really do. Yeah. Even though when you learn at the end, you know. You still feel you bad still for him. You still feel bad for him. Yeah. Uh, and he is set up in the very first shot of this movie. I love... The first scene in this movie, it starts with his birth. Mm-hmm. And did you notice what Shyamalama Ding Dong was doing with uh, with Mr. Glass? I'm not sure. The very first scene is shown through a mirror. Oh, that's true. Yep. That's and then true. <laughs> when you when you meet him again uh, as, a, as a young kid, it's through the television screen. Mm-hmm. You see him glass. And then you see him in the art gallery through the glass. Mr. Yes. Mr. Glass. Yeah. Yeah, that first scene is amazing. It really is. It's amazing the way that... Uh, I think it's one of the best opening scenes of a movie in a long time. Yeah, and it opens with him. Yeah. It opens and closes, because this is just as much his movie as it is yeah. Bruce Willis's. Um, yeah, he verbalizes the things, I think, that David Dunn is feeling in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. You know, um, it's it's he's the extrovert to the introvert. It, it, they're, they're really great together. They really are. They really are. Uh, those two guys, I think, would be good with anybody, though. Oh, yeah. They're that good. You know, they, they can do that ensemble work and play the leading guys. But uh, they dance really well together. Yeah, I think when you get the two of them together, you're getting, you know, you're going to get, you know, at yeah. least greatness. I mean. Oh, totally. So Samuel Jackson uh, famously was in Star Wars uh, as Mace Windu wielded a purple lightsaber. Purple is his favorite color. I want to pick purple, too. Yeah, and he wanted the purple <laughs> lightsaber so he'd know where he was in the fight. <laughs> Uh, he was a total badass in the Star Wars movies. I oh, love no. him in, in the prequels. Uh, purple's his favorite color. It's a good thing because Elijah's favorite color is purple, or at least that's the color <laughs> that runs through here. Color's a big deal here. Yes. Color's a big deal. So what are the colors that we're seeing here in this movie? Because uh, well, purple goes with Elijah. Purple. Green is uh, David Dunn's color. Right. You have a lot of red. Reds and orange. Mm-hmm. Orange then comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much like a comic book, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Very much like a comic book because he knew what he was doing. This, exactly. this is it's fantastic. Um, I want to talk about Spencer Treat Clark as Joseph. Uh, Knight knows how to write kids. He really does. What were you? Uh, what did you think of uh, of his performance and the character too? Uh, and it's kind of hard to not to. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, compare him compare. to Haley Joel right. in The Sixth Sense, although they're very different. Yes. Uh, uh, performances and, and roles, but what do you think of uh, of Spencer Treat in I this think, movie? I think he's v- very good. I think that, um, like you said, it. Of course, you're watching him thinking about the Sixth Sense. Uh, I can't even talk the Sixth Sense. You know, and Bruce Willis with Haley Joel Osment. I think Bruce works really well with kids, though, and I feel like we said that in the Sixth Sense episode, I believe, and. We also said that he works really well in sci-fi mm-hmm. and, and this kind of thing for some reason because he grounds it. I wonder it. if he is so good and just so, 
in it that he helps the kids come out more. Does that make any sense? Like maybe the kids. I know. Feel so I know. Haley working. Joel said, you know, he kept telling him think about the scene and and that he's such a. Bruce strikes me as a nice guy. He mm-hmm. might. I I've always kind of got that off right. of him, but uh, he's the kind of guy too when he's acting. I don't think he needs to be the center of attention. So it's it's an ensemble piece, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, he is a musician. And right. that might play into it a little bit, you know, the whole yeah, piece. So. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might be grasping here, but this kid's really good. He's really good. Really, he was really good in Gladiator too. He was in Gladiator, mm-hmm. uh, but because you're seeing David through his eyes a lot, mm-hmm. which again, comic books, kids read comic books. There you go. Exactly. You know, uh, the scene of patricide, uh, almost patricide, where he almost shoots his father, is one of the great scenes. God, I know. And I've seen this movie 20 times at least. Mm-hmm. I still get tense when he pulls out that gun. I know. And, and, and trains it on his father. And, and the whole thing. And there's that little bit of funniness to it too. Robin Wright, I think, has a great <laughs> line like, Joseph, don't, we, you don't shoot your father. <laughs> but it's a really tense scene. And you're, you're feeling emotionally for this kid too. And you see it because he's sleeping with his dad. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell this is breaking him up. And the dissolution of the family unit is affecting him and him with the father, just the weightlifting scene is wonderful too. Oh, I know. And uh, he's really good. And he brings out, he's who Bruce Willis talks to. Exactly. In a lot of ways, he's Robin. He's, yeah. he's, he's Robin to Bruce Willis's Batman. I think they help. Or Jimmy the, Olsen and, you yeah, know, I, Superman. I think they help each other kind of come out in this film together, working together. I think, yeah. I think they just, they're kind of like a little team. I think it's, it's incredible. Yeah. My favorite scene in this movie, there's a lot. But uh, my favorite scene in this movie is when he pushes the newspaper uh, in front of him and he mm-hmm. sees that it was his father is, is, is the, the hero, hero, has accepted it as the hero. Mm-hmm. And he says, you were right. And that look on his face when he starts to kind of tear up and Bruce Willis gives him the shh, I think is wonderful. I know. <laughs> it's a wonderful moment. There are so many wonderful moments in this. Um, the fight with the maintenance man, Mr. Orange. That that one shot hanging on him and it's brutal and you see him just hanging on and just the fight the brutal the brutality mm-hmm. of that fight is wonderful. Um, the scene where uh, Willis goes into the uh, into the subway or oh, the train God, station is amazing, which is leading into what I want to talk about, which I think is the best aspect of this. We've talked about so many things <laughs> that are so good here. The score by James Newton Howard yeah. is just amazing. He did the Sixth Sense. This is one of my favorite scores ever for a film. Mine it too. hits all of the emotions. And this movie would be good without this score, but this movie is great it makes because it, yeah, of this it makes score. It better. What did you think about the score? Because there's about three or four distinct themes that are happening here. And it, what did you think of it? Oh, what do you think I thought of it? <laughs> I know what you thought of it. Tell <laughs> no, our listeners what you thought I of it. I absolutely love it. I'm with you. It's one of my favorites. And there is just something so powerful when he when he's walking in there and the music starts to slowly come on and he opens his hands and, or his arms and yeah. that music's playing it's just like yeah it's a wow moment i mean and elijah has the uh the beautiful little theme uh david there's a little sad theme for david part of the score was reminding me of william's uh smallville motifs from superman hmm. That's the unbreakable thing. And then the the Superman is like, I can hear that. (laughs) And he he did it on the uh, trumpet, the solo trumpet. So kind of heroic in a way, but Mm -hmm. sad and melancholy. The music to me captures David Dunn. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's beautiful. This movie from top (laughs) to bottom, we've said it before. uh, I think the closest we said we came to a perfect movie on this show was Predator, I think. Probably. I think. This this is pretty damn close. I, know. I, I mean, mean, really, from top to bottom, there's really I have no complaints about this movie, with casting, with music, with anything. I have no problem with this movie at all. I love just how quiet it is. I do too. Because superhero movies are loud, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a light going up into the sky, and they have to go turn off the beam or stop like we, the we, space we, invader. I feel like we talked about this recently. What were we talking about? And I said that these new movies, like superhero movies, they're in your face and they're loud. It was during the uh, Superman uh, discussion. We talked about how kind of quaint that movie Mm -hmm. looks now, but how charming and and endearing and lovely it is. And uh, this feels like a companion piece to that, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, it's like you're taking a step back and you're just seeing realness. You know, it's not so much action and 
everything going off and <laughs> yeah. it's just nice to kind of yeah. have it quiet and yeah and because it's so quiet when it builds that heroic climax where he goes and battles the maintenance man mm-hmm. which i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna call him the maintenance <laughs> man uh when he gets out of the pool and that and his uh his poncho falls down like a cape mm-hmm. it just it's exactly. lovely it's lovely bruce willis is playing superman real world superman he really is and uh like I said, that's great casting, I think. I think so, I think, too. I think he's wonderful in this. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to add about Unbreakable right now? Not at the moment. What about you? No, I... I it, this really is that good, and it's a shame that it came out in the shadow of The Sixth Sense and was misunderstood in its time. Yeah. Like I said, it did very well when it came out, but this, if if it was released during our time now, this would win Best Picture. Oh, Absolutely. And Bruce Willis, I believe, was robbed of an Oscar nomination here oh. because I think it's that good. I don't know. His performance is so good here. I know. And and will just uh wrench your heart. I mean it 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 he's sad without being maudlin. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I guess because I've been places that this guy has been, and everybody has. That's right. the thing. You just feel it. And that stillness, though, it's like an Indian guru or something, you know, just sitting on the mountain, how still he is in this movie is so just amazing. And to, to borrow a phrase that you like, uh, he, he pulls you in. He really does. He pulls you in and it doesn't even feel like he's acting. And that to Mm-mm. me, he's just being in this movie. Just, there's nothing showy about his right, performance. I was just about to add that he, he, there's nothing over the top with his sadness. You know, he's not sitting in the corner crying all day and his sadness is on his face because they talk about he talks about feeling that Mm -hmm. sadness yeah you know he just he he plays that so well on his face it's so good in the first five minutes when uh leslie stephenson sits next to him on the train and the kind of awkwardness of him hitting on her but Mm -hmm. not hitting on her (laughs) and and you feel bad for him it's and when he leans his head on that window and you just tell this guy's just been beat down by life i know not doing what he's supposed to be doing and that's part of why i hate to say i don't want to see that last part because i've had people say it's okay and i was like i don't want okay i want i I got about 25 30 minutes in and i was just not feeling it like like this movie this movie's just and it was such a wonderful surprise when he popped up at the end of split and you hear that music and there he is (laughs) you know this reminds me of that guy what's his name mr glass (laughs) my bruce willis this this is wonderful wonderful film and uh Night. We we talked about him on the Sixth Sense episode. You you're a fan, aren't you? Oh yeah. We kind of really we started going to movies together and saw The Visit, mm-hmm. which was kind of his comeback film. Yeah. And we both really enjoyed that. And need yeah. to do that on the show at we a, do. Uh, I, I, at a later I date. I, I enjoyed it sometimes. I did too. I've always been a fan of Signs. It's one of my favorite movies yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great film. And uh, Bruce Willis was going to be in that, but mm-hmm. he. Uh, uh, had scheduling problems and a guy who reminds me of Bruce Willis in a lot of ways <laughs> because they're so good and you don't recognize how good they are as Mel Gibson. Yeah. And uh, Bruce, he was a Bruce, great is, pick, though. Bruce has never been nominated for any you know award. And that's a travesty because that's he's crazy. been so good in so many different genres and things. But, you know, Harrison Ford's only been nominated once. So yeah, I think when, when we look back at a lot of the stuff we really like. Not a lot of stuff has been nominated for awards, no. but you know it's like it's, and, and they don't matter. No, but the they the don't day. really matter. I mean, there and we've said it before. I think we said it on our show where we talked about Joker. You know, mm-hmm. every now and then you see something and you go, uh, just give him something give him. because there, <laughs> this needs some kind of validation. You know, <laughs> but uh, this it's a fantastic movie. It really it's is a fantastic movie. If it's been a while since you've seen it, please watch it again. And let me say this: if this is something you saw back in the day and haven't seen since then, and we're kind of lukewarm on it. Please watch it again. Yeah, I really, I really do think it gets better with every with every watch. I think it just kind of yeah, it hits you more every yeah. time. <laughs> and the way that uh, things connect back up, mm-hmm. like you know something uh, in the beginning, the uh, Leslie Stephenson character says something about the kid from Temple, and then you meet the meet kid him. from Temple. Yeah. yeah, it just all the whole movie is just perfectly plotted and paced and, and all of this. Please watch it again if you don't if you didn't like it back in the day because I think it will surprise you. And I think if you've been following the superhero craze of the past 10, 12 years, I think and you're burned out on it, I think this is a welcome kind of palate cleanser. I think and so. uh I think this I know we're talking about the guy who did the sixth sense. I think this is his best film. 
I think so too. I really do. <laughs> I really do. He nailed this. Quentin Tarantino says it's a masterpiece. I, I mean, like I said, I have no complaints with mov- with this movie because I mean, there are a lot of movies I love, but you know, you always nitpick something in it. But this movie just start to finish is just perfect. so good. It's perfect. It really, it really is. is. It really is. So. All right, so uh, top five. It's time for the top five, and we have a theme song for this. And as I said last week, we have a theme song, so you know it's good. Yeah, it's got to be important, huh? Faith, you ready to get to the top five Bruce Willis films? I am. All right, here we go. Cue the music. There it is, the big C minor nine chord, the musical identity of the late night fright. <laughs> Top five favorite Bruce Willis movies. I will say at the outset, uh, I'll repeat what we said earlier, a little difficult. I took the uh, path of Bruce is the star of the film. And I'll say this, Pulp Fiction is not on my list just because he was not the star of the film. So I felt the same way. It was uh, what I thought he was best in, kind of trying to find a balance between what I thought his performance was best in and the movie itself, mm-hmm. you know, kind of trying to find that that happy middle ground. Yeah, so. I have some that are kind of just personal favorites that I've enjoyed. And that was another thing, too, like just things that I really, really yeah. liked. So, uh, Faith, you have the honor. What is your number five Bruce Willis Pick. I put Armageddon at number five because I. It's a guilty pleasure, always, man. I know. I've always loved this movie. It's just like if it's on, you just watch it. <laughs> uh, my buddy Cade and I, uh, Cade was on our show around Christmas. We did uh, Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> we quote from Armageddon pretty regularly. <laughs> I bet you got a room full of guys just thinking it up. <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure. Uh, Co written by J.J. Abrams, of mm-hmm. all people. So. I, I really like that movie, <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's one of those. Right. It's like it's like, and I don't think it's an awful movie. It's just like, it's like, uh, you know, man, I like uh, I like films from France. I like uh, world cinema, and I really like Armageddon. <laughs> uh, what you see. got? Number five, I have a movie from 2006 called Sixteen Blocks. That was directed by Richard Donner, who did Superman and The Goonies and Lethal Weapon. Uh, Bruce. Uh, missed an Oscar nomination for this, too. He I don't plays know if a, I've seen he that He plays one. an alcoholic who has to get a federal witness to the courthouse, hmm. and the movie plays out in real time. Most Death plays the uh, witness. David Morse plays the guy trying to stop him. It's like a Western, and Bruce plays an alcoholic who is hungover for the entire movie. He looks awful. Oh, I mean, wow. the, the makeup job is really well done. And it's really like a Western trying to get the guy to the courthouse or get him to the train, like 310 to Yuma or something <laughs> like that. Really good movie that was kind of underlooked when it. Uh, I haven't seen it. That might need to look. I need to yeah, look it's that. it's a fantastic movie. Uh, what well, you got at number four, Faith? Another one I've always kind of enjoyed and watched when it's on. I really like Looper. Yeah, Looper's really like Looper. really good. And the scene he has in that movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where uh, he tells him to shut up, <laughs> is great. Right, like. Yeah, man. And going back to our buddy Cade, like we love that movie too. <laughs> and that was one that almost made it on my list. I'm was, not a big Joseph Gordon Levitt fan no. either. So it's it's no. kind of crazy that I mean, no offense to him, but he's never been my I'm not, favorite. I'm not a fan either. But there's something about this movie that I've always just it's drawn me in for some reason. And that movie was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who uh destroyed the Star Wars <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? At number four, I have uh, The Last Boy Scout from the writer of Lethal Weapon, Shane Black, and the director of Top Gun, Tony Scott. Uh, Bruce Willis plays Joe Hallenbeck, a private investigator uh, in that movie. Uh, one step away from being an alcoholic, a running theme here in my first two picks. <laughs> and uh, uh, Damon Wayans is his partner in that. It is a wonderful P.I. film from 1991, I think, that is aging very well. Uh, Halle Berry pops up in it, uh, as well as Daniel Harris from the Halloween movies plays nice. his daughter. And uh, that is a wonderful movie and a lot of fun. And uh, the phrase uh, Satan Claus comes from that. So <laughs> you got to watch out for old Satan Claus, Faith. He's out there. Yes, he is. We have it number three, Faith. This is when it got tricky. It, it For me, too. <laughs> I have a feeling... Uh, our top three might be the same films. It's going to be interesting to see if they're in the same order. <laughs> I have Die Hard at number three. I went in fully expecting to have Die Hard at number one because that made him an action star. I know. <laughs> you know, 
And that helped him transition from TV to the movies. Mm -hmm. And we've done Die... We did Die Hard on the show. We did. That is a fantastic movie. That movie's, at the time of this recording, 32 years old and still as good as when it came out. I mean, you love Die Hard, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. And John McClane is his signature character, right? I mean... Like I said, when I had it at number three, and that's for me where it logically fit. Is that where yours is? Is Yeah, I die hard at number three, yeah. And (laughs) where it logically fits, and I went, wow. (laughs) You know, know. wow. So I know. uh, If you would like to uh, check out that episode, that is available in our back catalog, wherever podcasts can be found. That was our Christmas episode from last year, and we had a lot of fun (laughs) doing that. Uh, Yes, that's right. We did die hard on the show. Of course we did. Because we had to. <laughs> uh, what do you have at number two, Faith? I have The Sixth Sense yeah. at number two. Yeah. Um, again, I, check out our episode for our thoughts on that. But that, he's really good in that. I know. Haley Joel got all the uh, attention. Bruce Willis, he's the one that grounds that movie. That's a fantastic movie. It's one of my favorites. It is one of my favorites, too. Well... Uh, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so stay tuned for all the news that is not fit to print. And uh, when we get back, we're going to wrap up our conversation on 2000's Unbreakable. We're going to unveil our number one top five Bruce Willis movie. I think you might know what it is <laughs> if you've been listening to the show. And we're also going to give you a little sneak preek of what we're going to be talking about. Sneak preek. A sneak preek. That's right. Yeah, we don't do peaks. We do preaks on this show, Faith. (laughs) We're going to make some more coffee. Stay tuned for the news. I am Dan. And and we'll see you on the other side. show are currently in a free fall. The host and producers are under investigation for allegations of creating a toxic work environment. Current and former staffers claim Ellen isn't as nice and kind as she makes herself out to be. We reported on this a few weeks ago, and I'd just like to take this opportunity to repeat myself. Hmm, someone in Hollywood isn't what they appear to be. Let me put on my shocked face. If this surprises you, I can't wait to see your faces when it comes out that Tom Hanks isn't Mr. Nice Guy, but is indeed a satanic pedivore. Good luck with reality, people. Well, Disney just can't help themselves and is pushing ahead with yet another live-action remake of one of their classic animated films. Next up is Pinocchio. Robert Zemeckis, the director of Back to the Future, has signed on to direct, and the odds-on favorite to play Geppetto is none other than two-time Academy Award winner Tom Hanks. We don't know if Jiminy Cricket will be a computer-generated creature, but we do know that the look of pure evil on the creature known as Tom Hanks' face will be all real. And we should add that this is newly minted citizen of Greece, Tom Hanks. All American Tom Hanks, indeed. Right, Faith? Well, the Cozy Corner Police Department has issued a statement that the excuse, because that guy is a dick, is not an acceptable reason for murder, nor are... Because she was a bitch, and well, they just had it coming. While the Cozy Corner Police Department does agree that some people just need killing, taking the law into your own hands is never the answer. And finally, I know it seems like we picked on Tom Hanks a little bit tonight, but you know what? That guy is a dick. So are his kids. Especially Colin. And Chet. Chet? Chet? Chet. Chet? What's up with that Rita rapping, too? Screw them. They've all got it coming. And that is the news.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We're going to finish up our discussion of Unbreakable. But before we do that, uh, Faith, we had another bit of Brahms music this week as our minute of culture. Because that's all mm-hmm. you get here is a minute of culture. <laughs> that's, that's all they need. That's right? all we can afford is a minute <laughs> of culture. That was the uh, a little bit of business from Brahms' uh, Third Symphony, uh, the Third Movement. That is indeed my very favorite piece of music. It's beautiful. Ever. Like it's, it's it's gorgeous, isn't it? Very gorgeous. If you uh, if you know your music, you may recognize that. If you remember the Carlos Santana album Supernatural from 1999, that's the one that had "Smooth" on it with <laughs> Rob Thomas, big worldwide number one hit. Uh, there was a track on there he did with Dave Matthews called "Love of My Life," and Carlos's father used to play that uh, Brahms melody on violin, and uh, one one of his favorite pieces of music, and they adapted it into this wonderful kind of up tempo, uh, uh, laid back, jazzy love song. Mm-hmm. And uh, Faith, you've heard that track, and and mm-hmm. both both the symphonic uh, uh, version and the uh, Carlos Santana version are just absolutely beautiful. Yes, they are. So great piece of music. Uh, if you if you're not very familiar with Brahms, I said it last week. He is my favorite classical composer, and of course you you always hear Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. Uh, Brahms tends to get overlooked sometimes, <laughs> I think, and uh, you should check him out. Uh, a good place to start would be any of his symphonies, but his uh, 21, I believe, it's 21 Hungarian dances or wonderful uh, pieces of folk melody that he adapted. So great stuff, mm-hmm. really. Really great stuff, but we only we only do culture for a minute here. <laughs> Thank you for the one minute of culture. One minute of culture, that beautiful that's, song. That's it. That's it. I'm, uh, yeah, it makes us sound smarter than we really are, right? <laughs> yes. Isn't it amazing? Like, like if if people start talking about something like classical music, which it's not that hard to get into classical music. You just, right. you know, you start listening and looking up things. Like people think you're like really smart, though. <laughs> you know. Is there anything you feel that way about? Like if somebody starts talking about something, oh, they must be very smart. I, I have one thing. What? Art. Yeah. Because I, I know artists. I know the famous artists, but I, I'm not I'm not, yeah. not well-versed in that world. Right. Um, and as much as I love poetry and, and read it and have written it on occasion, I feel that way sometimes about, you know, poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? You know? I, I don't know. It's a good question. But a good I, question. I agree with you. It is a good question. <laughs> That's a good question, which kind of ties back into the film we were talking about, Unbreakable, which is about a form of art, the comic book, mm-hmm. which is maybe the most popular form of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says so at the beginning of the movie that a person will spend, what, did, what is it, a year of their life reading yeah. their comic book, an average comic book collection? Yeah. And they own, what, two to three thousand? Two to three thousand, like yeah. Uh, my highest I had maybe maybe about that. Wow. Maybe about that. I'm a comic book fan. So I think that was one thing for me. I got the movie in 2000 when it came out because I grew up reading comic books and uh knew the form you know Mm -hmm. and went oh this is (laughs) this is what he's doing here and it's not like he doesn't tell you what he's doing that's the thing and i was gonna say too i mean it's a good movie without it being a superhero movie in your face like a comic book movie you know what i mean it's yeah i feel like you can still enjoy it we we the the royal we (laughs) we we were waiting (laughs) for that twist that aha Uh moment you know like you had in the sixth sense like uh you know, well, is Bruce dead in this movie? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, He's I think dead in all of his I movies. think the movie works just fine without without the twist. I, I, and, and it's really not even a twist, you it's know, because really they're telegraphing it the entire time. Know. You know, it's it's I just think this is so well done. Yeah. And one thing we need to talk about, how cool is the inside of uh, Samuel Jackson's car in this movie oh, with no. all the little rubber eggshell uh, egg crate padding on it? You know, <laughs> I know it is pretty cool. <laughs> it really is. I feel so bad for him. That that scene where he breaks his legs is excruciating. I know. Absolutely excruciating. I like to uh, I'm trying to remember what. Was Bruce, was he lifting weights at that moment? And then we we go to him and he's laying there and they're listing everything that's yeah. broken. It's just like the look on his face. It just, you can feel that. Yeah. And I want to say what a great job they did with the comic book art. It looks like the old Kurt Swan from DC Comics art. Uh, it has the look of 19, mid-60s DC Comics. Uh, the Century Man especially reminded me of like a Justice League of America cover. Mm-hmm. It, it was really, really well done. Everything here was just, was just <laughs> top really, to bottom, top to bottom, really, really well done. Uh, this, as I said, I really think this might be the best movie we've talked about. It It's in the it running be. for best movie. Uh, you know, movies like Badlands and all that. We talked about uh, 
which uh, is one of my favorites that we've done on this show. So mm-hmm. uh, this is definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite and movies. And it's in contention for a Friday. We, yes. we we announced last week we're going to be doing the late night Fright Film Awards, the Fridays. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, Unbreakable might might have a shot. It just might. Might have a shot at Best Picture. So we're still working out the, the kinks of, of that whole mm-hmm. thing. We're going to we're gonna have that done in the next few weeks or so. And that's going to be a show unto itself. <laughs> you have anything you'd like to add about uh, Unbreakable? I think that's... Or anybody... In the movie, or yeah, I just love the movie. I love everything about it. If you haven't seen it, you're you're, you're crazy. If you don't like it, you're crazier. <laughs> but we're not judging. No, not at all. But we're not judging. No. So we have one movie left on our top five favorite Bruce Willis films list, and I'm going to count down to three. We're going to say it at the same time: <laughs> one, two, three. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah, I think this is the finest performance he's ever given in a career of really good performances. I think it's the best movie he's been in. And I know he was in Pulp Fiction and Die Hard. You know what I, know, I mean? I like, know, I know. And The Sixth Sense. I know. I know he was in those movies. I know. Uh, I think this is it. I uh, think he's, so he's, he's He's really wonderful in this. And he did. He deserved something for this. Something like $10 or? I think he. Uh, a necklace. Yeah. About about tree 50. <laughs> about tree 50. So that's it for Unbreakable. Uh, if you are following along, uh, we have been giving you your assignment at the end of the show. You can watch the movie and be ready for next week's show. Next week is my pick, and I'm very excited about this pick. From 2002, Don Coscarelli, based on the novella of the same name, we have a movie that works way better than it has any right to work. We have a movie called Bubba Hotep, starring Bruce Campbell, as Elvis Presley in a nursing home fighting a soul-sucking Egyptian mummy with the help of JFK, played by Ossie Davis. <laughs> can it get any better? Oh, it can. Watch the movie. It gets a lot better. This is going to be fun because this is a first-time watch for you, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm so excited. This is a movie... I felt like a crazy person when I saw this for the first time because not a lot of people had heard of it. And I was telling everybody I could about it and they would give me this look like you're serious. I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely serious. This is a movie that's going to like tug at your heartstrings, too, and will tickle your funny bone. And it's got Bruce Campbell in it. So, you know, it's good. (laughs) I'm so looking forward to watching this. I I mean, I am, too. I am too. And uh, if you would like to follow along with us here on the show, uh, that movie is streaming right now for free on Vudu. I don't know about other platforms, but it is free on Vudu. If you would like to get in touch with Faith and myself, you can do so at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your top five favorite Bruce Willis movies list. Your anything you want to talk about and uh please send us a voice message greeting and we would love to play that on the show uh really we just love to hear from any of you out there we know you're out there and we appreciate you listening and we don't want to put any pressure on you to get in touch with us but please do <laughs> yeah we know you're out there we can see you please do we, we can we know we can see you we know where you're at we know we, where you live <laughs> we 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 might be watching you we just might right be. now right now uh we were remiss we said we were going to do a drive-in movie theater uh spotlight this week we're going to hold off on that for next week it's going to be a a movie theater from the state of minnesota so stay tuned for that that's going to be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to spotlighting the old drive-in movies me too yeah kind of nice to get back to the simple things Mm -hmm. right Right? and the drive-in's making a comeback so faith anything you'd like to add before we before we say goodnight, because it feels like it's that time. It does feel it? like that time. I, th- I think I'm. I think we covered everything. What about I th- you? I think we did too. Are you listening real close? I'm listening very hard. You listening real close? You know what? I'm not going to listen and wait for it. I'm. I'm taking a proactive stance this week. <laughs> Cue the music. There it is, Faith. I definitely hear it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to grab it. You know, you yeah, just got to grab it. That's go, hey, what she said. Hey, play the, there. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Great pick tonight, Faith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for picking this. It's it's I, I never need an excuse to watch Unbreakable, <laughs> but it's always nice to have one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Make sure to watch Bubba Hotep with Bruce Campbell and Ozzy Davis. I'm excited. Uh, get ready for next week. Seriously, it's 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 a really, really great movie. It's going to take you by surprise how good it is. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you for your continued support wherever you are in the world. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Be good to yourself and your neighbor. Let's take it home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. 
We'll see you on the other side.